It's literally been five seconds since I last spoke with you. Have you been? <laughs> oh, it's been, it's been a, it was a long five seconds, to was be honest. It? I, I, I need another holiday. You, you've aged. <laughs> So, uh, welcome to episode 51. This is this is quite surreal. And, and do you know we had no emails? No, no in, emails. In the last the, five seconds. five seconds between the two. No, not, not a sausage. I don't know if anyone's still there. It was like I pressed stop recording and then I pressed start recording again and nobody's got in touch. <laughs> exactly. Sad times. So, uh, so, with no emails, we might as well go straight in get straight back to the issue we were discussing so well pre- okay so look- previously on the mid-faith crisis <laughs> podcast <laughs> do you know what the, the main i have to say the main reason for doing it splitting into two is so that we can make sure that we hit number 52 on our two-year anniversary that's the key thing yeah, that that is way. that is important and also so that you don't have to record a podcast on your on your holiday. No, so thank you. People, yes. I hope people don't feel too bad about this, but think of Joe. Think of Joe. What that would Joe like? Beached whale on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> what would Joe do? Anyway, okay. So where we left it was looking at the the, the way that the, we didn't look in detail at the way that the New Testament writers talk about it, which I I will pick up a bit on. But we look at the the fact that there was a, a multiplicity of views. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I should say to the dear listeners um, that the, the conversation we did have in the five seconds between podcasts was um, was that actually Nick has done a lot of research and he has <laughs> written on it. So if you hear Nick's voice more, which isn't going to upset anybody, uh, it's because he actually knows what he's talking about. Well, I wouldn't say that. I think this of all <laughs> this of all topics, one has to approach it with a level of humility. No, I appreciate. I really appreciate what you said. On the last podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because that is, I mean, I, I just think that was a really helpful point to reiterate about, you, you know, the Bible's saying lots of contrasting things about this, some of which do marry together mm. and some of which also seem to sort of contradict each other. Because mm. they're trying to understand. Don't forget, you know, they don't know. When Paul is writing, yeah. he's writing before a lot of theology has been thought yeah. out. <laughs> he's doing it on the hoof. He's doing it on the hoof. He, the guy's yeah. just making it up. He's making it up as he goes along. It's, it's, oh, it's outrageous. Anyway, but you can see it at work in um, in uh, Paul's. If you look at a passage like two Corinthians five, mm. which is a big passage about, oh, um, yeah. you know, Christ died for us. He says mm. so. There's something about that. But he talks about the cross as being sort of representation. So Christ represented us. He talks about it being sacrifice. Yeah. He talks about it being justification. He talks about mm. forgiveness. He talks about it being a new creation. He talks about reconciliation. He uses all these ideas in yeah. one passage. Yeah. He's saying it's like all this yeah. stuff together. Which reminds me of something. We have to get Paula Goodyear on the podcast because yes. I heard her speak on 2 Corinthians and it was absolutely electric. Absolutely incredible. I'm going to write to her and ask her if she'd come on. Do that. Do that. Why don't we start with on this bit, though, just talking okay. about what Jesus. Jesus, you see, that's the other thing. Jesus hardly talks about what what it's about he, he, he nah. doesn't really he doesn't really explain at all what what the, the cross no is about. he doesn't and he's going around forgiving people's sins before he's been crucified uh, as well, well that's, that's yes are you, are you coming point. on to that no 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 but i, I mean that's a great point nah. i mean that is it is part of one of the theories but if the, if the if the cross is about purely about the forgiveness of sin how come that god could spend mm. a couple of millennia forgiving people's sins before that and jesus mm. can say to mm. someone son your your sins are forgiven 
before he's died for them. Mm. And seems to be encouraging his disciples to do similar. Yeah. yeah. Before he's died. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Very good so, point. So, you know, um, there, there, that's a problem straight away with, with some <laughs> theories of the atonement. Um, Jesus describes it, I think, in two, two main ways. Uh, he, he says the, um, a ransom given for men. Yeah. So this the uh, the only sort of overt one he he says about the the, the the son of man that must be a ransom given for many. Um, the word is the Greek word is lutron, and it means deliverance from slavery or capture. It's a mm. price paid to deliver people from uh, captivity. And it, the other thing he talks about is the in Matthew he says this is my blood poured out for the new covenant. Mm. So covenant is about a relationship with God. Um, and he's using Passover imagery there. Both of those are actually images that are rooted in Old Testament understanding. In mm. other words, the idea of God delivering his people from Egypt yeah. Yeah. and freeing them from slavery and yeah. bringing them into being a nation and having a new relationship with him. So I think the first thing we can say about the cross is in the, in the gospel writer's understanding, it is, and, and as reflected in Jesus' words, it's about freedom. Yeah. It's about an act of deliverance from slavery and and liberation and it's about becoming a people it's about reconciliation right. and relationship yeah and that, that i think is really important but that's, i mean i mean key thing. just to clarify and forgive me if you're about to talk about the ransom theory of the yes. atonement but but you know the, the the ransom implies someone is paying a ransom to yes. okay let's to res- yeah Sorry, yeah, is this going to throw you off course? No, 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 not at all. Would you want yeah. to talk about that? Well, I just want, I, well, I just want to know who who the ransom is paid well, to because I problem. think that gets to the crux of the. Well, you see now, this you're, theory. you're th- th- that's that you've hit straight away the problem with metaphor. Yeah, exactly. So the the, the problem with metaphor is we're you taking it literally, stretch it and go, well, who who's yeah. the payee? And obvious, who are we in ransom to? Obviously, it's the devil. Yeah, well, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Should we go through the theories? Yeah, then, please. I'll, I'll tell you Sorry, what, I'll, I didn't I'll mean to bowl no, 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 googly. Don't, don't, don't worry about that. I'm, I'll try and and I, I do apologise to the listener because I mean I'm sure there are people out there who know far more about this than me, and I'm sure I'm going to say clumsy things. I'm going to get it wrong, but you know, I just picked about four or five theories that are kind of the most yeah sort of prevalent. The first, right. the first sort of theory that that um, the post apostolic uh, 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 can't even say it. The post-apostolic writers. That's well, easy for you with, to say. Yeah. Is uh, uh, the victory that the mm. cross was somehow victory? Yeah. So this is a direct response to the yeah. idea of the scandal of the cross, the shame of it. Saying no, 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 it wasn't a shame. It was actually a victory. And then you can see the cross as victory in a cosmic conflict. You know, there's something yeah. powers that are going on. Christ is vic- uh, is victorious yeah. over that. Paul talks about that. You can. Uh, See, as uh, the culmination of all the other victories in Jesus' yeah. life. So he's victorious over sickness. Mm. And he was, he was victorious over captivity to demonic forces. He was yeah. victorious over these th- kinds of things. And, and finally, he's victorious over the great enemy, death. Yeah, death itself. Brilliant. So the, yeah. the, 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 the strength, the, what's been called the Christus Victor model, which is the, all that it's about victor- victory, is that it also it takes into account the resurrection. So the cross is not just about the yeah. cross, it's about the resurrection's wealth, and it proves that Jesus is victorious over all the powers. Yeah. And that we can enter into that victory, and therefore, you know... Um, yeah, and part of I also that. think it does more justice to the whole teaching of Christ as well. Because, you know, in, in some views of the atonement, we almost didn't need the teaching. You know, it's what we love called vampire Christianity. We just need yeah. the blood. We need yeah. don't even need yeah. the resurrection. 
really that's just that's just a happy ever after story yeah. um what we really needed was the sacrificial blood and that's it has am i right in thinking this was the dominant theory for sort of 1200 yeah, years pretty much yeah yeah and this is the, this is the predominant um theory mm. still today in the orthodox church they've oh, never right. gone really for any of the other theories it, it sense that christ's death gives us the victory and in yeah. that sense, also, it's representational and substitutionary. It's, it's like he's, he's, got, he's won the victory for us Yeah. over, over this. Um, it's, I think one of its earliest um, statements of, was um, Irenaeus, Irenaeus mm. of Lyon. He, he wrote a book on heresy, but he, was talk, he talks about it as this, mm. it, Christ having secured this victory. Paul talks about it. Um, it you know, that's, a, that's, a, that's the first sort of model. And I think it's... Yeah. Uh, 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 it's not so much a model as a sort of statement of fact, in a way. We yeah. don't know how that victory has been achieved. We don't actually know really what, sometimes what the victory has been achieved over, but it's a victory, and we are victorious in yeah. Christ. So that's the first okay. thing. Yeah. Uh, the second model is, is called the ransom model, which you just touched on. Yeah. So that's drawn out of the, the accounts that Jesus gives in Mark and, and in yeah. all the Gospels about uh, that the Son of Man was died to give his life as a ransom for many. Yeah. Again, the the word is about is word is to do with deliverance, with freedom from slavery, uh, f- freeing people up, um, and it, that would have been a very powerful metaphor in the first century, mm. where people could be slaves either through birth or through being enslaved, captured in war, mm. and a ransom was paid. Um, the problem with that is 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 that question you asked. So, who is the ransom yeah. being paid to? Yeah, um, and I mean you—you you just touched on that. That the yeah. common thing is that the ransom was paid uh, to the devil. This the devil—the devil comes very powerful in this model. It has a lot of power. Yes. And, so yeah. the idea is that the devil has, because we sin, mm. Satan owns us. Yeah. We sinned ourselves into slavery, and therefore a price must be paid to redeem yeah. us out. Um, and. Um, it gradually got more and more developed, so that so that not only did um, the devil agree, as it were, to take Christ in the place of all of us, because mm. he thought that's taking the ultimate victory, mm. but he didn't realise that God was performing a kind of switcheroo on him. Yeah, the deeper magic. And there, there was deeper yeah. magic at work. Yeah. And that actually he couldn't hold Christ, and therefore had to let him go. So the devil kind of lost everything yeah. in that deal. Yeah. The problem with that is is. Um, firstly, where does it, you know that's kind of inventing a deeper a deeper magic that isn't actually mentioned in <laughs> scripture, as far as I yeah. can tell. Uh, no, exactly. And secondly, it kind of like turns God into a kind of um, con man in a way, <laughs> yeah. even if it is the devil. Yeah, it's a kind of it's kind <laughs> yeah. of a trick, really. Um, it does seem a bit of a stretch to our modern ears, but... Yeah, and I think the problem knows? is, again, what we're seeing here is that people have just taken a statement and then tried to build theology on, theology on, theology on, through, on, yeah. on one thing. Mm. Um, I think we should take from the ransom model the idea that Jesus' death somehow liberates us. Yeah. That we are free. We yeah. don't have to stay in uh, slaves yeah. of sin anymore. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know that's that's a and uh, and and Paul says that over and over again, really, doesn't he? Yeah, I mean, yeah, 
Yeah, that's a very strong thing. No, yeah, yeah. 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 We don't have to be enslaved by Mm. sin anymore. Yeah, and and we must remember the cross. That's that. Too many, I think, theories of the cross. Not too many, actually. One major one makes God into the problem, not sin. Sin is the problem, not God. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's I, the thing. Yeah, you're preaching to the church here, but yes, I, uh, I, I think that's a really, really helpful distinction to make, lest we get awful images of God. Yeah, God's the rescuer. God's God's the lover. God's the salvation. God's not the problem. <laughs> God is the one dying in order yeah. to liberate. Us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think the ransom model is kind of it's interestingly enough it is in yeah. C.S. Lewis. So all the evangelicals who hold C.S. Lewis up as um this mm. sort of ultimate, you know, person. If you read Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe, yeah. it's the ransom theory of atonement. Absolutely it is. Yeah. So Aslan gives himself up. Oh, spoilers. Mm. Yeah. Let's assume you even know the end. Aslan gives himself <laughs> up and then actually there's a deeper, like you were saying, yeah, the yeah, deeper absolutely. magic. Uh, so that was, those two theories, uh, the, the victory and the ransom model were really yeah. the, co- the prominent theories for about a thousand years. Yeah. You know, more yeah and longer in certain sections of the church yeah yeah the next kind of one to talk about therefore is is the one that came along in the um in really starting with a guy called anselm of canterbury yeah and he wrote a book called uh, in latin it's called cur Deus homo which really means why god man yeah so uh, there's a word missing somewhere anyway why did yeah. god become a man yeah. and he creates what's known as the satisfaction theory. Yeah. Um, so this is an emphasis on the substitutionary sort of motive and metaphors that, that, that are being used mm. in, in the New Testament. Um, what you have to remember with this one, so this is the idea that it was God's honour which was satisfied on the cross, that God is like a feudal lord. Yeah. He has an honour and he has a status and he can't just sort of... Um, Forgive willy-nilly. Forgive, in that sense. It's not that he can't forgive because he's not willing to forgive. It's just that honour demands you behave in a certain way. Yeah. This is, this is what Ansem says. It's yeah. not actually about God's anger. Can I, I want to make this clear, oh, okay. the, the satisfaction theory. Oh, not about right. God being so, angry. Okay, so not about wrath. No, it's about debts must uh, be paid. Okay. The, the Lord must be seen to act like a Lord or else he's not a proper Lord. Ah, and some, as far as I understand, it doesn't present a wrathful God, but but who's punishing Jesus, but a but a, a God who, uh, a Lord, who must act like a Lord and to whom a debt must be paid. Um, and Anselm, of course, is writing in a medieval, uh, a pre-medieval feudal society. Yes, so it kind of makes so sense. So everybody knows this image. That. Yeah, everybody knows this image, and they can see that that how how that might work. And he's using this to kind of communicate. The, there are many problems with it straight away. One, mm. one of which is that many people in a feudal society absolutely hated the lords. <laughs> yeah. you know, why would yeah. if you said yeah. to them, "God is like your feudal lord"? Oh, you mean the guy who takes uh, half of everything that I own and has complete and who, to whom I'm a serf? That guy. Yeah. It's a bit like saying uh, God is the CEO of the world's biggest oil company. Oh, yes. what, you mean yes. he's disgustingly rich, <laughs> yeah. exploiting the world's resources. Yeah. yeah, yeah. God is your managing director. It's kind of like, yeah. it's the same problem we have actually with, the, with you often talk about, with the better for us, God as father. Yeah. It's exactly the same problem. Yeah. In the, in yeah. the, to some people, that's not a helpful metaphor yeah. at all. Yeah. Um, but, and, and I think that would be the first problem with, the, with that. Mm. Second, I think, and this is touches on what we talked about with the ransom theory, is that 
it's a framework that's taken not from the Bible but from feudalism. Mm. So the Bible doesn't talk about yeah. this at all, really. No. Um, the biblical concept of salvation, I think, it places an emphasis on on, on re-establishing communion, re-entering mm. community. So when Jesus says to people, mm. your sins are forgiven, and when he heals them, he's inviting yeah. them back into community. Where they've and, been excluded, yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. It's, it's about yeah. bringing people in from exclusion. That's what sacrifice was all about as well. So sacrifice oh, really was... Say more about that. Well, we talked briefly, we said that a lot of the Old Testament sacrifices are not about sin offerings. A lot of them are about yeah. purification. So you've done something, you're impure... And you need to be purified in order for you to enter the temple and, and uh, become part of the worshipping community. Yeah. Most of Jesus's miracles, as far as I can tell, are about bringing people back into community. People are healed from mm. uh, things like uh, leprosy, which would keep them outside the community. So salvation in that sense mm. is about bringing people back into communion with God. I think in the, in the satisfaction theory for Ansem, uh, sort of redemption is about freedom from indebtedness. You know, mm. that's that's the thing. You're in debt to the feudal lord. Mm. The biblical idea of freedom is freedom from slavery, I think, more more yeah. freedom from being enthralled to something. So I think what's happened there is he's, he's been trying to communicate with a particular group of people about why God mm. became a man. He's come up with this, this metaphor, this theory, and then the theory becomes solidified into, mm. into actual literal fact. And, and that's, that's, a, that's a problem. Around the same time, though, interesting that, that Anselm was writing, um, a guy called Peter Abelard was writing as well. I don't think he's the first to, to say this, but he's the, one of the people who's most associated with him. And that's the idea of the, uh, the cross as moral influence or as oh, right. example. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So Abelard starts from a different point. He says God was free to forgive if he wanted yeah. And he did want to, because he kept forgiving people before the cross. Yeah. So, the thing there is is why... It is the cross is not... In Abelard's view, the cross is not about that. It's about a demonstration of what God is like. Yeah. It's a demonstration of Jesus' life, an example. And it, and it calls us, therefore, into uh, following him walking his way yeah i think I, I think what i like about this theory is that it, it of all of them it is the one that most ties in the teachings of jesus with the death of jesus so you you don't end up divorcing the two with the moral influence theory do you you you, you yeah. see them as as parts of the same acts in the same play yes it makes sense of why jesus had to live before he died yeah exactly uh, because actually he had to show us a way of life yeah Exactly. And the cross, therefore, becomes mm. the culminating act in that life. It becomes the culminating um, uh, point, mm. and also the resurrection vindicates that way of life and says this is yeah. this is this is the way to life in all its fullness. That this is a kind of view that's sometimes seen as I think it's linked with this view: is the cross as revelation, which is a mm. which is a big thing in John. So John doesn't in the Gospel of John. John tends to talk about the cross as Jesus being lifted up. Yes, as being glorified. This is glorified, the cross yeah. shows people what what uh, the light of the world is. It yeah. shows people the truth, and it shocks them in a way into seeing that truth. Um, so the, the cross is the great moment when the light of the world is seen at its brightest. In it, if, if you like, brilliant. You know, I like that a lot. Um, I, I have quite a lot of sympathy with this view. Um, some I read this quote. 
uh, when I was thinking about this, is that what the cross reveals to us about God may be as significant as what is accomplished on the cross. In other words, you know, the, the cross shows us what God is like. The real nature. Yeah. yeah. How far love will go. Yeah. There are obviously yeah. some difficulties with the, with the, the moral mm. influence view, which is that, yeah. you know, is it all then subjective? Is there, where's the power there? Is it all just about me looking and following? What, what, ha, yeah. How does that help me? Why was, the, why was the death necessary? And does it really take into account the theme of judgment, which we can't ignore? Does it really take that into account? So I think it's, it's, it's not entirely there, but it's, it makes sense of the life. Mm really i think mm. the, the the moral influence bit so so to go all the way back to you know some of the questions you know how do we understand jesus you know mid-faith or not mid-faith yeah. crisis how how can we understand what it means as jesus as savior of the world in a in a way that still does you know justice to our view and image of god and particularly god the father in the mm. classical sense mm. how how do we understand that well i think that's a that's a complicated yeah issue and because we're talking about metaphors and trying yeah. to square yeah. different metaphors off which perhaps we were never meant to do but 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 maybe with the sort of influence or the the the, the revelation image mm. of of god the, um it, we can see at the cross, therefore, as a call into mm. following Jesus mm. and a recognition of the cost. Yeah. I think one of the reasons we don't like this theory sometimes is because actually it, it is a recognition that to follow Jesus involves suffering. And it implies pain, yeah. And that is one of the key ways that Jesus said. Jesus said, if you want to follow me, you've got to take up your cross. In other words, and, you've got to do exactly like I did. And actually, a lot of us want a way out of pain. We don't want to be confronted with the reality that no. life is painful. No. We want to know what's the way out of pain. And if yes. religion seems to offer us a way out of pain, then then we're quite attracted to it. But of course, the one thing Jesus did promise, as I think we've commented on before, is is suffering and difficulty in persecution. Mm. But as Dallas Willard said, the cost of non-discipleship is actually far greater. So we shouldn't fear the you know, people preach sermons on the cost of discipleship. And you now we've got to give it all. It all sounds very heavy and, you know, a bit negative, really. Like, oh, I wanted this life, but now I've got to give it all up and follow Jesus as my Lord. It can be perceived as quite negative. And Dallas was the one who says, no, we ought to preach more sermons on the cost of non-discipleship. Mm, mm. You know, what Jesus is offering is peace and life and abundant life. And part of that abundant life is the ability to tackle pain and suffering Head on, fearlessly, without anxiety, without worry. Yes. With a with a sense of peace that the world simply can't Absolutely. understand. Yeah, yeah. And mm. I think it's very important what you said there because it's very important that we don't that, that we don't lose the resurrection from the cross. Mm. So that's yeah. the thing. Yeah. You know, the, 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 don't divorce the, those two. Yeah. yeah those two are, are separated. Um, and and um, you know when the resurrected Jesus still bore the scars. Mm. So this, it, it, we should talk about this when we talk about transformation, because yeah. because you know that's to follow Jesus. That's the call mm. is to, to to move into transformation. The cross has a lot to do with that, although you know it's not clear. Yeah. So I, I... so four four views there: Christus, uh, the the victory, uh, the ransom, satisfaction, moral influence, and then let's get on to penal substitution. PSA. P penal penal substitutionary atonement. PSA, which I think is one of the most widely 
sort of talked about ones today, and the one of which there's all the arguments really uh, today. Um, it grows out of Anselm's theory of satisfaction that God must be satisfied mm. in some way. Yeah. It seems to grow. People argue about this because obviously, if you support the view, uh, one or d- deny your seek to, it's, it's as if something can be discredited by being recent. Well, that's not true. So, but it is. I think it is a recent. Mm. Yeah, uh, a more well, recent thing. It seems it's just the Reformation, isn't it? Yes, I, mean, I think it's didn't, right. Didn't your Reformation fellas that you know so well now have yes. something to do with this? Calvin has a quote that has some quotes that are very clearly mm. about the God, the wrath being satisfied, and all this. Mm. But it's important to say that Calvin um, and and the reformers also used the other models as well. Oh, really? Okay. It wasn't just that one, but um, the idea is basically that because God is a judge, yeah. He must exercise justice. Uh, the punishment must be made. Um, so Christ takes that punishment. God cannot simply pardon sin without satisfaction or, 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 or justice mm. because he cannot stop being just. It's yeah. part of his attributes. So Jesus takes the punishment in our place. There are lots of problems mm. <laughs> with are it, there? I think. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you'd like to touch on any, but uh, I, know <laughs> I you think I've just... done that. Yeah. In part I mean, one. Why, why is it so popular? I think it's because it's quite simple, actually, and it's yeah, easy it to comprehend. Yeah. And, it, and it is biblical in a sense. It's rooted in, 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 in certain in places those metaf- in the Bible. metaphors, yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's, you can understand that. I've been bad. Jesus has taken my punishment. And, and as a yeah. kind of metaphor, it's sort of... Let's be grateful. It, it, yeah, it sort of works, yeah. and and yeah. you can. Yeah. I think it's empowered a huge amount of people, and it's 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 been very helpful for for many people. I think its problems are rather bigger than that. Obviously, yeah, um, me too. Its basic problem is that I think too often it ends up being the fact that Jesus died to save us from God. Yeah, there you it know, is. Yeah. and that's the issue that 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 it splits up the Trinity. Yeah, um, you exactly. Have you know that, that that Jesus placates God. It it also raises a whole question about well, if if the entire point of Christianity is to have Jesus die for our sins, yeah. Why did he have to wait until he was that old to do it? Yeah, yeah. Why you know? It, yeah, it, 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 the, the life, there's so many questions. Yeah, the <laughs> life good. becomes irrelevant. <laughs> Yeah, it does. If that was the entire point, and doesn't you know, the resurrection become slightly <laughs> exactly? Because <You> <laughs> really the, the need that. no, because you've been saved. Yeah. So why bother with the resurrection? So I think yeah. what it shows, I don't know. I don't want to go on, but because I think it's it's. But this is where we want to be careful with people because yeah. you know, if you do hold this view and you just say, "Oh, there's just problems with it," here are the problems, and not. You know, I think you have been helpful in saying actually there's some good stuff here. There yeah, and I think there. people do work very hard yeah. at at um, showing that how it can still be an expression of God's love. That yeah, um, they do work hard at that. And what it does do well is it shows that sin is a severe problem. Sin is the severity of sin. Yes, not a light thing. Yeah, um, and I think that's that's. I think that's that's, that's something to important. retain. Yeah, to hold on to the deadly consequences of sin is quite helpful. Yes. But it does have, I think, some big problems. And in particular, I think it grows out of an understanding of sacrifice that is not in the Old Testament. It's not biblical. It's not yeah. what sacrifice did, and it's not what it was about. Um, I, how can we sum all this up? I mean, those are the theories. What I would want to say to people is, look, like we did in the episode on hell, what we have to understand is there isn't one way of understanding this. Mm. 
there is not one way around. And no, um, none of these theories um, are the correct view, if you like, the, the, the one view to rule them all. You know, the, yeah. the, the, the overwhelming yeah. one. Because they all got issues Man. and problems. Man. Um, so I think what I would want to say to people is, look, the cross is uh, liberating. The cross holds out hope. The cross yeah. shows that actually, no matter where you are, that no matter how low you go, God has been there, mm. and He understands. He's been to the depths of what humanity mm. can do to one another. Yeah, and He's still loving, and He's still there. The cross yeah. holds out, I think, the hope of uh, a new life. More than that, Paul talks about a new creation. Death has been defeated. Um, there's a world order change. Things have changed completely. Um, the cross is for the salvation of sins, and how you understand salvation is is going to be interesting, you know, because there's not yeah. one way of understanding that. But it shows that yeah. the victory is possible over sins. The cross is a price paid, yeah, to show us that. And the cross is a mystery you're never going to fully get yeah. hold of yes yeah. I, I think yeah. that's important and, and i think in the broader context of our podcast you know and for some people they may have glazed over i imagine during this podcast <laughs> i certainly did you know because <laughs> because they think well why why are we doing it why are we discussing this why is it important well the answer to that is it is important to think deeply about your faith and you know maybe you're not in the mood for it today but come back to it when and if you are because because what we want to say is, look, sometimes there's a superficial kind of Christianity that actually drew us in. But the longer we've gone on in churches, you know, we may not have lost faith in God, but we might have lost faith in the church that is dishing out simple answers, I think. But what we want to try and say, and certainly what I want to try and say here is actually, no, no, this faith can be questioned robustly. There's lots of different ways of looking at the life of faith. And, and actually, the common thread in all those those views, actually, is they're all trying to say God is love, and God is mm. good and God is just. Now, some of them, if you try and work them too logically, may cause you to think completely the opposite. <laughs> God is scary and dangerous and doesn't like us. But actually, I think all of the proponents of those different views would want to say God is love. Yeah. And actually, I certainly think that another lens through which to view the cross is actually by dwelling on the cross, we can we can connect with God. It's about reconnection, religio or whatever it is. Yes. yes. And and that there's there is a greater there can be for us through the cross a reconnection with God. So don't don't throw the baby out with the bathwater when it comes to what you've heard before. Examine it and question it and see what historically has been true and I, I thank you nick for doing all that well work i'm sorry if it was a bit heavy you, you see the other the other thing that i think we have to take seriously the bit that i've taken from this how prepared am i to live a, a cross-shaped life because that's the thing what does that mean well does that you know, sounds like, like a nice if, religious slogan but break that down well am i prepared to do that am i prepared to die am i prepared to, to suffer am i prepared to go to go there that's the, fu the fundamental call of um, the writers of the New Testament is to follow Jesus mm. and to, to live that life. And the cross is part of that life. It's an, mm. it's, it's, you can't airbrush that out. Yeah. Um, and I mean, and the hope is there's resurrection. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that's so, right. There's, there's so. resurrection there. But I, I just want to know how much am I prepared to, to 
to follow Jesus like that, to lay down my life in in any number of ways, in any way. I don't mean in the big way because I don't think at the end of the day I'm likely to face a firing squad. Uh, I might face a firing squad for some of my jokes, but I don't think I'll face it for for being a Christian. Um, But how many other ways in my life am I prepared to to lay down what I want to 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 go to those kind of extremes to to follow Jesus in that way yeah um I think yeah. I found that person that's my yeah, challenge here where do and I, I go with this and I think for many of us just on a day by day level um you know a more sort of spiritual reading I suppose is and what you know the death to the ego self yeah and the resurrection that follows that and the counterintuitiveness of following Jesus is that the way of death actually leads to life and life in all its abundance. Yes, so what yes. what m- might look like a terrible blow to your ego and your sense of self-importance and everything can just about end up being the greatest thing and and the, the thing that leads to resurrection. And, and I think as some of our readers said, you know, even reflecting on the forgiveness episodes, you know, and the toughness and the, the difficulties of that actually brought about a lasting transformation in their lives. So what looked like the most awful thing um, ended up being, it led to some sense of resurrection life. Well, there you are. And I think the there's cost. a daily reading into yeah. the cross. For what, what, what looked like the most awful, final, yeah. humiliating, shameful, scandalous thing yeah. leads to victory and resurrection and new life yeah. and new, new creation. We should, yeah. uh, I should let you go on holiday. Thank you. Please do. Will you? Two days early. That'd be great. Yeah, okay. All right, let's do that. Okay. Uh, well, uh, thank you for listening. Uh, it's a marathon, isn't it? But um, it has been. Uh, on the other hand, it's free. So uh, <laughs> It is free. And that's why we don't have... <laughs> oh, so books. A couple of books. Can I just recommend a couple? A couple of books. Of... One is a book called uh, Recovering the Scandal of the Cross by Joel Green and Mark Baker. I'll put a link up. And okay. uh, that leads you to help you through some of the theories. And it talks about what the cross, what explanations of the cross might look like in different cultures, yeah. which is very good. And the other is this little, a very little book, 40 pages, uh, by uh, Jane Williams. Um, she's uh, Assistant Dean and Tutor in Theology at St. Melitus College, London. There you are. Oh, right. And it's called Great. Why Did Jesus Have to Die? Great. Very simple. Um, I think, you know, both of them, in the end, you, you, you go to the same things that we go, where you end up going, well, I don't really know. <laughs> but it's good but it's good um but but also both have some really helpful is that the official in. mid-faith crisis position on the cross don't really know why but it's really good the official mid-faith crisis <laughs> position on virtually any element of theology <laughs> don't, really don't really know but it's good no idea but let's, let's, let's it's great and there we are. That would have made for a shorter podcast <laughs> and probably, let's face it, a much better one. Yeah. If you've reached the end of this, uh, you know, send us a message with hashtag don't really know. <laughs> Prove you listened. Anyway, Great. thank you very much for patience and yeah. listening. And thank you, Joe, for indulging me. And No, you know, thank you. And, you know. and bless you folks for listening. We hope this is still hopeful, helpful yeah. to you. If it is, send us an email. Joe at midfaithcrisis.org. You'll get an answer within two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Which is faster than if you sent it to me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, thanks ever so much for listening. Yeah, bless you folks. See Bye. you soon. Bye.